Welcome to Refresh. This is Pastor Kim Robinson. It's my desire that you listen, that you can experience blessed faith and creative life with this Kicks Ministries and Victory Harvest Church podcast. Hi, this is Pastor Kim with the Refresh podcast. This week's title is The Matter of Words. And my scripture foundation is Deuteronomy 30, verse 14. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou may doest it. Well, we're going to take a look at that. You know, there is power in words and God's word is powerful. And in this scripture, he's saying he has put his word in our heart and he wants us to put his word in our mouth and he wants us to do it. And that word do it is very interesting. And we're going to get into that this week. So how powerful are words and what is the power of words? And what about words? Well, in Hebrews 11:3, it says worlds are framed with words. It says it this way. Through faith, we understand that worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So we can see very clearly here that words framed the world. God said, let there be, and there was. And he framed the world. He framed universes. He framed stars. He framed everything with his word. And if the world was framed by the word of God, then when we pray God's word and when we speak God's word and when we encourage people with God's word and we put God's word in our hearts and, and read it and take God's word as number one in our lives, then lives are framed by the blessing. They're framed by the word of God. They're framed by God himself. The word framed here in the Greek is the word katartizo. It means to render, which means to become or make. So here we're seeing that words render, they cause to become or make. And here we're talking about God's word. And it goes on to say in this Greek meaning, which has quite a bit of depth in it, it means to make fit and sound and complete. And it means to mend and repair and take what was broken and fix it. And again, to complete it. It means to equip and put in order and arrange and adjust. And we're finding all these things here is what words do, what God's word does. And it goes on to say, it means to prepare and to strengthen and to make one what they ought to be and to set it into motion. So in Genesis, when it said the earth was formless and without void, then God said, then it became organized and strengthened and it came into order and it came in again to be completed and it was repaired and it was made to be what it ought to be. And then it goes on in this meaning to say words are framing or perfectly joining things together and they're complete and thoroughly doing it. And it means frame to present, to equip, to arrange, to be in one mind and likeness. That's, that's pretty amazing there. So God's word makes us be one mind and likeness of him. And so it means to fit or frame for oneself. Here, that, that Greek word gives us a depth to understand that we, with God's word, can fit and frame our world for ourselves and for, you know, God's purpose in our life. And we are able to do that, not meaning we're doing it without God, God with his word. You got to remember that his word is who he is. 
His word is what he has promised. In John 1, it says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when we embrace God's word and we embrace his instruction and his way of doing things and what he has said, and we agree with him and we speak it with us, we're framing for ourselves, meaning we are in partnership with God, working with him. And he is the power behind his word, his word and him working together because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So it goes on here to say that, you know, the worlds were framed by the word of God. Well, it means to be brought back into the right way. So things that are out of place, things that are not going the way they should be, as we take a hold and embrace God's word and we embrace what he said, we have God himself with us, his power, his ability, his word, bringing things back to the right way. And lastly, it means to have those things restored to harmony. It brings them back into unity with him, with what he has said. This is a powerful thing when we come to understand that The worlds were framed by the word of God. That's your world. And when we pray God's word and we speak it, and when we encourage, again, people with God's word, and we put God's word in our hearts, we put, we read his word, we listen to his word, we speak his word, we get his word in our hearts. He's already saying that he's put it there for us. And we just get in touch with him and what he said and what he's done within us. Our lives are framed framed by his word. And we could speak into situations and speaking into those situations changes things. And speaking life births life. Words of encouragement is what we can do for other people. We could do for ourselves or words of destruction. You know, even people who don't embrace the word of God understand that you just don't say certain things, you know, at certain times because those aren't the right things to say because they steer you in the wrong way. When he puts his word there and, you know, his word is, you know, his way of doing things, it doesn't change whether people believe it or not. It still is working. It's still powerful. It still means the same thing. And, you know, in James 3, 2, it says that we have, a, it's the words that we speak are like bits in our mouth. It's, and we can have the bit of God's word in our mouth. It goes to say it this way, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Well, see, a bridle is a bit, you know, it hooks, it's hooked to a bit for a horse and a bit steers a horse. You know, words steer our lives and everything has to obey the word. You are riding a horse and you have that bridle. You have the bit in that horse's mouth and that horse will turn and move and go where you pull, you know, uh, steer, you know, work that bridle to move him. They're going to follow. And it goes to, on to say in James 3, 2, 3, behold, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Your words steer your life and the bit of God's word is the key to your life. In James 3, 2, it declares you can bridle your whole life with the word of God. See, in these scriptures, the Lord's talking about offending in all, you know, as it said, you know, if in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, what's it talking about here? 
you know, in in the scripture here, the Lord's talking about offending in all. What, what does it mean? He's saying that your mouth in it lies everything, everything that pertains to life, that you can steer your life and you could put the bit of God's word in your mouth. Speaking is a key. And if you've ever thought about it, think about how everything comes with words. Every idea, every thought, everything is there formed and fashioned with words. It goes on in verse three of James chapter one, it says, if any man among you seem to be religious, which in Greek means the word worship and brighteth, or that word means hold in check, restrain and guide, not his tongue, but deceives his own heart. That man's religion or worship again is the same word is vain. So your worship has to do with your words. And that's because your faith is a manifestation by your words. You know, faith and your words are connected and your worship is connected with your words. And amazingly, in the book of James, it's saying that everything is vain if we don't allow our tongues to lead, guide, curb, and hold in check and direct our lives. That even the tongue speaking wrong things is fueled by wrong philosophies, thoughts, and attitudes, and it can deceive your own heart and cause you to offend or fall and stumble. Well, let's look at that Greek word here. That Greek word offend means wrong words creating your life being wretched, coming into misery. It's stating here that the things that you say will either bring life or cause you to come into misery. So the scripture tells us that we put bits in a horse's mouth for a purpose. And it says we make them obey and we turn about their whole body. So the word of God tells us that the tongue, what we speak is going to do the same for us. Our tongue is just the same as with a wild horse. If we do not tame our tongue, think about what we're saying and look and see what's happening because that would be like a horse not submitted to a bit. And that horse untrained fights the bit. So being untrained and speaking God's word offends everything in your life. This means your words carry God's kingdom principle. And the word of God tells us there's power in the tongue and it produces good or bad life or death. And What's he talking about when he's talking about offending in the word? How we use our mouths reveals what's in our heart. When we put the word of God in our mouth, rather than words contrary to the word of God, we turn things around. Again, it said, if any man offend, not in word. This scripture doesn't just mean to speak against our lives or speak against people or others or speaking wrong things or speaking those negative things in our life. This scripture means to offend God's word to speak contrary to his word. Don't offend in word. Don't speak contrary to his word. Don't speak contrary to his ways. Don't speak contrary to his blessing. Don't speak contrary to his promises. That is the will of God for our lives. He doesn't want us to speak contrary to his will. This offends in his word. It's going opposite. It's causing to stumble so much so that Jesus said, I say what the father says and I do what the father says to do. Jesus lived a bridled life and he didn't offend his tongue. And in doing so, he turned all things around and he brought all things under subjection. He always said, you know, go forth, be healed, be it done according to your faith. He was always speaking life into the situation. He was always speaking the blessing. He was always speaking love. He was always speaking peace. He was always speaking the word. He was speaking what the father had him speak. 
He was always in agreement with the plan and the will of God. His faith was always working and his faith was always speaking. And when you read the Bible, we can do what Jesus did and we can speak what the Father says speak and we can uh, speak to people. We can speak God's word. We can turn about the whole situation. We could turn about people's lives just by things that we say. What you say to somebody can mean so much and you may not even realize it. And you could be speaking life to them. See, the Holy Spirit is steering us by the word of God. And when we follow the Lord's direction and we speak life and we speak his word daily, everything lines up in your life and others' lives. And everything lines up with the blessing. Speak the blessing of God, the promises of God. See, your words, it goes on in James 3, verses 4 and 5, are like a helm or a rudder. It's like steering a ship. It says, Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the, the governor listeneth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. See here, it's showing us that no matter how big the ship is, no matter how big the winds are that can, you know, move the ship forward, that it's your tongue, the small helm there that governs it. It moves it. Think about that. This huge ship is your life. And the winds are the power of God, the Holy Spirit. But the very thing that turns that ship and steers and guides it is your tongue, what you are saying. It's what governs you. It says that your tongue is this little member in your body, in your life, but it can boast great things. And out of your heart flows the issues of life. And what you speak is what's in your heart. And he's saying here, it's a great matter that could kindle a fire. Your tongue is like a fire. It can be a positive fire, like in the book of Acts, where it says there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire. And it sat upon each of them. Or it could be the negative, as James 3, 6 says, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and it's set on fire of hell. That is an amazing thing. What you say is driven by God's fire, God's spirit, God's word, or it's driven, as it says here, it's set on fire of hell. What you say is so important. Your words are key. Your words matter. They are so, so very important. So the same word for framed is used in these scriptures and can give us more insight, you know, as we look at them in the word. I just want to just share a few scriptures where that same Greek word is used. And it's in Matthew 421 is one of them where it's speaking here, the same word is mending. So words can mend. Here it's talking about where James, the son of Zebedee and John, his brother were in a ship and it says they were mending their nets and Jesus called them. It says it again in Mark 1:19. the same story, they were mending their nets. So that word framed means mending. And just as they were mending their nets, your words can mend the lives of others and can mend and be an evangelistic outreach of power to touch the hearts of people and change their lives. What you say can make such a difference. And in Matthew 21, 16, the word here, the same Greek word is 
used for perfecting. And here it says, and he said unto them, hearest thou what these say? Speaking that, can you hear this? And Jesus said unto them, yea, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. Your words are going out and they are absolutely making a difference. You know, it is scientifically proven that when people speak, that words have a form and a wavelength. And those wavelengths, everything you say goes out into space. They never end. Every word that you speak has some form of wavelength and it just goes out into the universe and it just never goes away. That is really what the Lord says in the word. It says that your words are recorded. They're there. They're forever. And here he's saying that words can be perfected. They perfect things. They are part of your praise. They're part of everything you do. And in Galatians 6.1, it says words restore. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, yea, which are spiritual, restore. This is talking about framing, framing worlds, framing lives, the same word. And it says such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Here it's saying to, if someone's overtaken, you can speak bring restoration by speaking and God will meet you with your words and he will perform those words. Just as in Mark 16, where it says that they went about preaching the gospel and the Lord partnered with them with signs and wonders. He will always back up his word. You know, as we're looking at worlds being framed by the word of God, let's look at what the word worlds mean. It's the word I own. And it's important to be reminded that it not only means worlds, it does mean the universe, and it means all that he's created, but it also means time and sections of time. And it means unbroken ages and a a eternity, a period of time, every section of time, every moment in life, everything you do. So here it's saying that, that worlds were framed times are framed, unbroken ages are framed, um, periods of time are framed. And not only that, the worlds and the universe and your world and your lives, your children's lives, your friends' lives, everyone who you are speaking to, your words make a difference. And these worlds of time, those are being framed by what you say. See, your words and God's word frames, frames your world, frames your time and frames your eternity. And in Isaiah 55 verse 11, it says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it'll, it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. See, this verse connects words with thoughts. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. So here in Isaiah 55, we can see that the words you speak, God's word accomplishes that which he pleases. And he says that he's given you, you know, the power of life and death in the tongue, what you speak. And you can speak God's word and see the accomplishment of God and it will prosper in the thing where he sent it. And here he's saying that it is his thoughts. His words are his thoughts. You know, we can look at how the enemy works against our lives. 
And he uses words. He uses thoughts. You know, that's what he did in the Garden of Eden. He questioned God's words. He made Eve question God's word. Did he really say? And he brought those thoughts. And in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says we can cast down those imaginations. That word there means judgment, reasonings, and thoughts. And every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God, the word of God, and we can bring it all into the captivity. Every thought, every one of these things that are contrary to the word of God, to what? The obedience of Jesus Christ, to what he accomplished. He accomplished the finished work of God. It says in Colossians that he made a public spectacle of the enemy. He made a public spectacle of his words, the lies and the deceptions he tries to speak. And you can see that when he was uh, being tempted in the wilderness, Satan was using words and he was trying to twist the words of God. And Jesus came back with the word. He said, it is written. God has said, it is, let it be. And it says here in verse four of second Corinthians that the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So Satan uses words to create strongholds and judgments and reasonings and thoughts. Well, those things are taken into the captivity and obedience of the word of God, the obedience of Jesus Christ. And why are they not carnal? Because they are God's word. And he said, his word is sharper than any two-edged sword, that his words are living. They are spirit and they are life. And in James chapter three, verses 13 through 15, it says, who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation, his works and meekness of wisdom. You know, in James, it says that faith without works is dead. Well, what is the work of faith? It's speaking. That is part of the works of faith to show out of your good conversation, his works. Here is the definition of works. It's what you say. It's a good conversation. It's a good word. And he goes on to say in these scriptures that, Anything outside of God's word and that good conversation and saying this wisdom descends not from above. It's earthly, sensual, and demonic. See, words and faith are connected. And your words are the connectors of faith. You know, an electrical connector is like uh, an electrical mechanical device that's used to join to electrical conductors and it creates an electrical circuit. Now that sounds really complicated, but you know what I say it for is to say this, when we join our words with God's word, then we are plugging in to God's blessing and his power, just like an electrical connector can bring forth an electrical circuit and create that circuit and make that happen. That's what our words do. It joins with God's blessing and his power, or our words can join with the things that are contrary to God's word. What we say is so important. Our words connected to the, are connect to the power of God or our words connect to the power of unbelief and you know, as it was said in James 3.15, that that is the wisdom that doesn't descend from above, earthly, sensual, and demonic. We're going to plug in to one thing or the other. Well, let's plug in to the circuit of God, the power of God. It's the power of his word, the power of his spirit, and his word creates life. It is his life, his faith, and his blessing. That's the blessing circuit 
of life in our lives as we embrace the word of God. You know, we pray with words, you worship with words, you communicate with words, you express faith with words. You know, Proverbs 18, 21, as I said, says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You are going to eat the fruit of what you say. Your children, people around you, people in in your workplace, you know, your friends, those you're connected with, they are going to eat of what you say. You are going to produce some kind of fruit with your words. Your words are going to frame life or your words are going to, you know, frame something contrary to goodness. Remember, your words frame life and your words frame worlds. Worlds are framed with words. Just like it said, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And by faith, we understand that words are powerful. Words make a difference. And in Ezekiel 3.10 and Deuteronomy 18, 18, 6, 6, and 30, 14, it says this, all my words that I speak unto thee receive in your heart and hear with your ears. And I will put my words in your mouth. I will put my words in your heart. His words shall be in thine heart. He says, but the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayst do it. And having the word in your mouth makes it done. It means do it. The word for do, as I brought up at the beginning, means to fashion, to accomplish, to make, to produce, to work to affect, to prepare. See, when he's saying that he's put his word in your mouth, his word is nigh you. It's right there in your mouth and it's in your heart that you may do it, that you may produce and prepare and put it into order to celebrate it, to appoint and institute it. And to, and part of its definition here is to spend it, to use it, to absolutely bring the accomplishment of it. And as it says here in the Greek, it means to be the action of him saying, let there be. That's an amazing thing here. But the word is very nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayst do it, that you can bring the action of him saying it. You're bringing the action of God himself saying it because you are in partnership with him. Romans 10, eight here is saying that you are connected with him, that you in this very act of salvation can confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus has been raised from the dead and you shall be saved because the word is nigh you in your mouth, in your heart, that you may do it, that you may speak and Take partnership with the action of him saying, let it be, let it be done, let it be made, let it be produced, let it be offered, let it be observed, let it be used. That's what this word means. You can take a hold of God. You could take a hold of his word. Your faith can speak and you can find out in all sincerity that the matter of words is that they absolutely do matter. They make a difference. Choose to speak life. Choose to embrace what he has said and agree with him. Pray his word, confess his word, meditate on his word, think his word, 
and learn his word. It says in Psalm 119 that you can have his word in your heart. And it says that I might not sin against thee, that you would not offend in his word. You're taking a hold of what he said and who he is and knowing that he and the word are one. And he is backing up with his very essence of who he is, what he has said in your life. Experience the blessing of God by embracing everything he has promised. He brought it to you. He bought it for you. With the blood of Jesus, he sealed it. And he has resurrected from the dead and he has brought it to pass, that finished work of God in your life. Father, right now, I pray that every person that's listened to this podcast, that they come to hear and understand that your word is who you are and that they can embrace your word, speak your word, pray your word, and absolutely realize that that's doing and that's the works that you have brought forth in their life and that you are in partnership with them and they are taking the action of your speaking, of your word, of your saying, let there be. And they can experience that it is to let it be done, let it be made, let it be produced, let it be offered, let it be observed, let it be used just for them. I thank you that your promise is true. I thank you that your blessing is absolute. And I thank you have given it to us. In Jesus' name, we receive it. Amen. Pastor Kim is not only a screenwriter, director, and producer, she writes children's books and other publications. If you're interested in more of her Kix Media from Kix Ministries, check out our family faith-based feature films, Pastor Kim's blogs, and our many children's books and publications at kixtv.com.